Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Dorsey Wright Podcast for Wednesday, July 29th, 2020. I'm Jay Gragnani, and here joining me this week is Ian Saunders. And it uh, we're, we're winding down now the month of July, just a couple trading sessions left in the month, and um, in a month that is historically a quiet one for the market, certainly has not been quiet with, with everything still going on in the market. And, you know, everything from uh, the, the, the uh, vaccine news that we're continuing to monitor, we had Fed um, come out today uh, with keeping interest rates low, and then, you know, continually still uh, seeing some companies coming out and reporting uh, quarterly earnings. So a lot of news still coming out, uh, and, and given the environment that we're in, a month that is historically relatively quiet is is one that certainly has not been. And would expect nothing less as as we turn the calendar here soon to August. As again, you know, the summer months are, are months that are typically uh, pretty quiet for the market. You know, not not a whole lot in, in terms of, of gains typically come during the summer months. Um, but you know, we've we've seen the market continue uh, on its upward trend here over the course of the past two months, and now we're uh, four months removed from the market bottom from uh, March 23rd, and the S&P 500 has rallied over 40% during that time period. And so, you know, a lot of stocks, a lot of companies have certainly uh, come along with that ride with with big, you know, large cap technology really being right there at the forefront. Um, and so, but what we wanted to, to talk a little bit about today is, is not necessarily, um, you know, rehashing a lot of those conversations, but, but something that we have seen of late here has been uh, the the U.S. dollar has has been moving in the opposite direction as the general tide of, of the equity market has to the extent that since its peak back in March of this year and later in March at one or two and a half, the U.S. dollar is off almost nine percent from the tide. And for um, you know for for a currency for the dollar, that's a, that's a pretty big, pretty notable move in the dollar moved into a negative trend um, uh, back at $98 and has now fallen to the June 2018 low. And so not much, a move to 93 on the dollar would violate those lows and and really not much support um, to be seen on the chart until back in the the lower 80s. And we mentioned the dollar as, you know, the the dollar has has a big impact on a number of different asset classes. When you go back historically um, and you look at not necessarily U.S. equities, that the dollar, the, the U.S. equities don't really have any correlation to, to the trend of the dollar. Is, um, if you look at during both rising and falling dollar environments, the S&P 500 has almost identical returns, um, both positive of about 15%. Um, but there's some pretty big trends that are persistent underneath the surface um, during uh, falling and ri- rising dollar environments. And so if you, if you look during falling dollar environments, so during environments where the dollar is weak, um, a couple of asset classes really that stand out are uh, one, non-U.S. equities or, or international equities um, tend to perform much better when the dollar is weak. Um, in, both, you know, in both environments, the, the uh, international equities tends to do well, but or tends to have positive returns, but in a falling dollar environment, you tend to see uh, a greater magnitude of, of, of performance during uh, during those falling dollar environments. So that's kind of the one big area. Uh, and then the other area is is 
commodities at large and in particular gold and you know we certainly um you know gold silver has been in the news quite a bit here recently but um you know th those are areas that tend to do uh very well while while the dollar is uh is falling it's declining um and we've we've seen you know the dollar declining here uh really uh and speeding up here over the past couple of months so um you know those are things to keep in mind you know those those asset classes are are generally offered a tailwind during falling dollar environments and and we've seen that show up um when we look across the board at some of the rankings and the movements um in particular within some of the non-us groups as well as some of the commodity groups absolutely there jay and, and like you said I mean, moving over here to look at some of those rankings this is going to be taking um taking a look at the asset class group scores page that we have on the platform uh, it's going to be a page that ranks the, the 100, 135 different asset classes different areas in the market um, all according to the fund scores of, of specific funds that are going to be included in each group um, so there's 135 different groups that will classify classify etfs and mutual funds into and then take all of the the funds that we classify in each group and, and rank them by the average score of the of, of the funds included within each group so that scoring system that goes from zero to six so you're being the worst six being the best take um, each of the funds in each group, average together, give you an average score for the group as a whole. Um, and those 135 different groups are really meant to represent your, your full investable universe, if you will, about areas you could potentially invest in, at least on the fund side of things. Um, on this page, I'm going to, as a brief aside, in looking, we do have continued to see um, the, the money market percentile rank continue to, to climb um, over the past month or so here, coming in at a, a recent reading of 16.90%, so relatively low cash ranking among the, the rest of the, the groups, the rest of your investable universe. And the U.S. equity core percent rank continues to remain at elevated territory at, an, at a recent reading of 81.69%. Um, now, that's not certainly not as high as it had gotten to in, in this recent market rally, but it's definitely quite a bit off of the lows in the 50s where we saw it get down to it with the market decline there in March. Um, but as you mentioned there, with the continued the declining U.S. dollar, there are definitely some specific areas um, that we've seen some notable recent improvement. Um, and one way to depict that on the page is by sorting the page by score direction instead of sorting the page by average score. Um, so in doing so, you're going to be taking a look at the, the average directional move of, of the particular scores of each group, um, looking at the, the movement from a high or a low over the past six-month time frame, um, which provides a more kind of near-term indication of, of what areas of um, showing some, some more significant upside in the near term, um, or on the flip side, what areas have shown some more significant declines on the near term. Um, and so in, in looking at that page from the directional standpoint, um, the, the group with the highest score direction on that page is going to be precious metals. Uh, and looking there with an average score direction of 3.05 and a very high average score reading of 5.02. Um, that high average score is going to rank it second out of the 135 different groups that we track here on the platform. Um, but again, very high directional reading. And the only group that has a, an average directional reading above 3.0. Um, in looking at some of the other areas, we see high from a directional standpoint. We see basic materials also very high there with the average score direction of 2.75. Um, and then you get in, into some of those international areas, like I mentioned, those international spaces as well that um, have, have tended to do, do better in the past when you get the declining dollar. Emerging markets diversified. China has been one area of the, the really the, the leader from a, from a technical strength perspective among international equities throughout this market rally that we've seen. 
continuing to score very high on an average score basis at 4.44 and a very high score direction as well at 2.36 there. Um, but then some other, maybe some perhaps some more surprising international areas as well, looking at Latin America, still scoring in, in low field position at a ranking of 123rd out of 135 groups that we see um, with an average score of 2.28, but a very a high score direction as well, 2.13, showing a very significant move off of a, a very low score. So even though it's still score, scoring in low territory, um, it was certainly scoring much lower uh, during the market decline there that we saw. And we've seen many areas within the Latin America space uh, pick up the pace a little bit here over, um, over, over the past several weeks, especially. Um, but it's a notable improvement as well from, from India um, is another international country-specific group um, that has a, an average direction above 2.0 with a direction there of 2.05 placing uh, with an average score there, 2.89. So definitely seeing some of that carryover that, that you were talking about there, Jay, with the, the declining U.S. dollar going down to those lows from June of last year. Um, seeing some, some, some uh, tailwind in some of these other rankings, uh, especially from that directional standpoint, looking at that near-term pop in, in many of these groups that, that you expect to be advancing a little bit with the declining dollar. That's right. Yeah, I mean, precious metals. It's you know, big move um, in in the score direction, and and you look at something like um, you know GLD, which is an ETF on on gold specifically, and that has been um, has has been in a positive trend um, for a number of years now. Um, but here recently, you've seen seen some big move higher in that taking gold uh, gold prices up to all time highs, uh, specifically GLD. Uh, moving up to 180, $184, and, and that is um, continuing to move higher today, uh, up to 100, hitting ultimately 186 earlier today. Um, but in, and, and you see a very similar picture to silver. Silver has uh, recently um, has made made some big moves here recently um, after moving back into a positive trend around 16 and a half, has, has now moved into the low 20s. And so while you know these things are overbought on a near-term basis gold and silver alike um, there are certainly areas that have seen notable improvements from a relative strength perspective um, and and that goes too for uh, some of the precious metals stocks i mean these two so so slv and gld uh, are both etfs that are backed by the physical metal. So SLV is, is backed by physical silver and, and GLD is backed by physical gold. So when you're, you're buying those, you're, you're actually buying the metals themselves. Um, there's other ways to gain exposure to the precious metals sector, and that's through individual names. So, so gold miners or silver mine, mine, uh, companies that are in the, um, in the precious metals business. Um, individual names uh, out there certainly uh, also ETFs like GDX which is a gold miners ETF um, similar type of pictures that you're seeing on the gold and silver uh, charts as well strong technical um, scores overall trends are positive and, and continuing to hit new highs uh, into into overbought territory so things are overbought near term longer term strength and, and trends are certainly positive um, for for the precious metal space but you know, at, at large, you know, commodities in general have seen a, a tremendous amount of improvement. Precious metals been kind of at the forefront of some of that. But um, even with like crude oil specifically, um, and and our chart CL forward slash is the ticker symbol on our site. 
that has recently moved back into a positive trend at um, at $42 a barrel after bottom, you know, at, at one point back in May, um, the uh, front month crude oil contracts actually turning negative at one point in time. Um, and now here we are back at uh, $42, you know, crude, crude back above $40 a barrel, um, recently moved to 42 to put the trend back to being positive. So, um, you know, across the board, the, the metals, the, the, the energy, um, crude oil is, is the largest um, uh, commodity in a number of just broad-based commodity indexes, especially those that are uh, production-weighted. Is you know that's going to be the largest. So, crude oil is certainly a very, very important piece of many broader-based commodity uh, funds, uh, ETFs that are out there, more index-based ones. Um, so that is you know certainly for for uh, crude oil investors, for uh, commodity investors. A positive picture for crude oil is, is certainly something uh, that, that sounds good uh, or looks good on, on, on its chart. It might, uh, Ian, but for, for you and I, it might not be good because that might mean higher uh, gasoline prices. But uh, I guess <laughs> if we're, we're not going anywhere, so uh, we're not, not using a whole lot of gas these days, are you? Exactly. One of the uh, one of the benefits of quarantine, I guess, is that they don't have to pay quite as much attention to the, the gas hedging they might need to in the normal summer months, right? That's right. That's right. Well, um yeah, I mean, this is, you know, commodities are certainly one of those areas that we mentioned at the beginning that uh, are benefited by a weak dollar, but, you know, international, you know, as we saw improvement, international is another one of those areas that's benefited by by a uh, by a weak dollar as well. Absolutely. And, I mean, we've seen real specific improvement from the emerging market space, especially. I mean, China being that big bellwether that has led mo- most of the international space in, in, uh, in the rally over the past few months here, um, playing a big part of that now, making up almost 40 percent of most of your broad, broad emerging markets related funds, taking a look at the um, broad emerging market fund uh, EEM, iShares Emerging Markets ETF. Um, seeing four consecutive buy signals from EEM um, going back up towards the, um, the multi-year highs um, that we saw there at 46 um, in January. Um, climbing back up towards that, currently sitting at 44 on the chart, um, sitting um, in what looks to be more elevated positioning there up on a little bit of a stem, uh, but not necessarily where you're considered to be heavily overbought there at an average weekly overbought or sold reading 66%. Um, and again, a lot of that is, is, is in, uh, seeing China lead the international space higher. Um, but another place that we've seen some more recent improvement has been in Latin America, as we mentioned there, and looking at that, um, that score directional moves on the asset class group scores page, Latin America was, was um, the only group down in the red zone, down below the 2.5 score that we saw up towards the top in the, that, that directional ranking. Um, and then looking at one of the bigger, bigger spaces within Latin America, obviously being Brazil, um, seeing, taking a look at the iShares MSCI Brazil ETF, ticker EWZ, um, the, I see a very similar kind of picture for, from a scoring perspective here. Uh, pretty low fund score relative to um, at least what we would consider favorable with a current score of 2.19 for EWZ. Uh, but a very positive score direction, very strong score direction of 2.11, um, showing a very, very, uh, very, very, a lot of strength of, um, since the bottoming out there in March. Uh, we saw the fund move to a to a, a near-term low at 2050 in um, in March of this year, and then had a little bit of back and forth movement before continuing largely higher. Um, and then it's most recently given two consecutive buy signals, recently occurring at 3150. Um, and with today's intraday action actually reversing back up into a column of X's, they currently sit there at the 3350 point. 
Um, so it would return, it would give a third consecutive buy signal at 34, um, and that movement to 34 would also potentially move it back to an overall positive trend. It's bumping right up against that longer-term bearish resistance line here. Um, so it will be, and we, we see this reflected on some other um, Latin America-specific funds, um, looking at FLN, the First Trust broader Latin America Alphadex fund, also bumping right up against its longer-term negative trend line. Um, so it'll definitely be an interesting place to keep an eye out here. Continue to see that if we continue to see the, the dollar decline, seeing some of these uh, some of these Latin America spaces start to break back through to positive trends, um, could certainly be an interesting place to monitor here as we head uh, head head into the month of August. Yeah, it's interesting, and you, know, you look at, at Brazil and, and their economy, and, and you know, there's a pretty big um, weight in something like an EWZ towards the energy and materials theme. So, uh, you know, so so that is you know certainly in line with with some of the strength um, that we're seeing across the board in, in the precious metals, the basic materials. You know, not we didn't mention specifically, but that that one has, has seen notable improvement. Uh, basic materials, that is. Here, uh, here recently in its overall score direction as well. So, you know, very interesting. We'll continue to watch um, and monitor, you know, the, the dollar. If we continue to see declines in the dollar, we're likely to continue to see some of these trends internationally and and uh, in alternative assets uh, like uh, like the um, like gold and, and and silver type of areas. We're likely to continue to see those improve uh, if the dollar continues to to decline here. Um, so with that said, uh, as always, appreciate you joining us this week. Um, hope everybody's having a great summer and uh, look forward to talking to you next week. Thank you.